0: Warning, the following podcast contains frank discussion of racism, drug use, and probably incest.
1: For sensitive listeners, we have painstakingly replaced all offensive terms with the word nobisco.
0: Listener discretion is advised. Sordid Confessions of Two Men with Nothing in Common but an Accent. I'm James. And I'm Matt. And this podcast has been a long time coming.
1: Like a month, maybe a month and a half.
0: That's a long time for me. I I lead a small life. (laughs) Now somehow I knew from the moment I heard your voice on the first episode of Off Panel Mm -hmm. that I would either do a podcast with you or kill you.
1: Why so?
0: It just enraged me, that first episode, because it seemed like I'd been replaced. <laughs> Not only that I'd been replaced, but I'd been replaced by the most ridiculously southern person they could find. <laughs>
1: uh, are you saying I'm a caricature? A caricature? A caric- caricature?
0: This is a southern podcast, so pronunciation isn't that important.
1: Y'all. Y'all. We're dropping y'alls up in here. Get used to it. It's
0: a question. Does it? That- bug you whenever southern characters and tv shows misuse the word y'all
1: oh that's something i was talking about like the other day like i know people who've done this for they use y'all in the plural sense i mean not not the plural but um the singular, the singular. Sense. yeah damn
0: every time i watch spongebob and sandy cheeks refers to one person as y'all i just want to punch my screen
1: well yeah spongebob
0: I, I can deal with a sponge living in a pineapple under the sea but
1: a shitty southern I, accent i draw the line here um, but, yeah, I understand what you're saying, like, I hate when, especially, like, it's not, I think it's maybe it's not so bad when they get, like, Americans, but when they get, like, British actors to play Southerners, because their accent, I mean, as you can tell, both of us, we're both from the South, we both have different accents.
0: Completely different you know? accents.
1: Yeah, completely. And, you know, just because we're from one particular area doesn't mean we all sound the same.
0: Yeah, as so I like to point out, I'm Jack McBrayer, you're Sarge from Red vs. Blue.
1: I've never seen Red vs. Blue, but I will take that as a compliment.
0: Have you ever seen second-hand lions?
1: Yeah, I've seen uh, Michael Caine's southern accent. Oh,
0: which is just him doing his British accent, but drunk.
1: <laughs> well, if you think about like the Cockney accent and like the southern accent aren't too far apart.
0: Yeah, the Cockneys are kind of the southerners of England.
1: Yeah, Illiterate covered in chimney dust, <laughs> robbing people left and right. They also tried slavery for a while, but um, we should sort of talk a little bit. You know, we it's been established, obviously, by the second we opened up our mouths, and even this, you know the name of the show, but we're both Southerners.
0: Yeah, if you haven't guessed that by now, then just, I don't see how you can operate a computer.
1: Actually, the big twist in this episode is we're both British. We're both Cockneys. We're both cockney British actors doing so that makes sense. But, um, but no, um, I, of course, hail from South Carolina and Georgia, and you inhabit Alabama. Uh,
0: the prison island of Alabama.
1: Sweet home Alabama. The best song you ever write.
0: So, I grew up in and around the very small town of Sims, Alabama.
1: Now, how small are we talking? Like,
0: postage stamp.
1: How about like population-wise?
0: Uh, pretty small. You run into the same people over and over and over every day. The biggest thing that's happened to our town in years is that we just got a library.
1: Finally. I know. Next comes running water.
0: Now, there's not a lot of people in
1: that library, shockingly. <laughs> Books are the devil's work. <laughs> did they boycott it at, when it comes to town? I'm sure they did.
0: I did hear somebody going on a rant about how they won't accept any books that tell the truth about Nabiscos. (laughs) All they want is the Nabisco-loving books in there. They won't have books that tell the truth.
1: Well, what can you do? I mean, this world is filled with Nabisco lovers. No. But um, that's actually not too far from Mobile, Alabama, right? Yeah, the big
0: city been to downtown mobile a couple of times in my life each time i do i'm amazed by it (laughs) even though i know objectively that it's a shitty shitty city like it still blows my mind like oh my god those buildings are so tall like every time i visit there i do the visiting new york montage but instead of the statue of liberty and the empire state building it's just that hotel and oh my god a restaurant that has live music
1: Mobile, Mobile, if you can make it here, you can, um, I don't know, you can do something, I guess. I didn't work the song out when I wrote it. <laughs> I should have better thought this through instead of writing a song about Mobile.
0: It's still sung by Tony Bennett.
1: <laughs> but uh, I think, like, over the past few years, like, Mobile's claim to fame has been the YouTube video, the, uh, the leprechaun in the ghetto.
0: Well, I've seen leprechaun say, yeah.
1: Yeah. I remember I saw that a couple years ago, and I don't know, something about it, You just, it it made me both ashamed and proud to be from the South.
0: It is beautiful. And the best thing about that is, that was my local news team.
1: (laughs) Were you the one that drew the amateur sketch of the leprechaun? I, I knew it.
0: I was saving that for the end of the story, but.
1: You were the leprechaun.
0: I am the leprechaun.
1: Dun dun dun.
0: Now, what about you, Matt? Where did you hail from?
1: Um, actually, uh, it's kind of interesting. I, well, maybe it's not interesting. Maybe it's interesting to me. I'll say that. I'm actually, I consider myself a child of two states, two counties, two cities. <laughs> You're
0: Adam Strange.
1: I'm that divided, yes. A man of two worlds, <laughs> with a purpose unknown and a destiny. Not yet discovered <laughs> Y'all. But no, um I grew up well, I was born in a town uh Elberton, Georgia, and that's right there. It's about twenty miles from the Savannah River, which is the dividing line between Georgia and South Carolina. And uh
0: So you're in a border town.
1: Yeah. Um but I grew I, I lived there my parent well I lived there till I was four and then my parents and I, we moved back, we moved to South Carolina. Uh, Calhoun Falls, South Carolina. That's where I moved when I was four and I spent, let's see, I spent 20 years there. Lived there for 20 years. Um, see, cause, like I said, I, I was born in Elberton, spent most of my life in, uh, Calhoun Falls. My father's from there. My mother, she's from Elberton. And my grandfather, mom, alright, hold on, this is where it gets kind of confusing. <laughs>
0: Southern family trees are always confusing.
1: Um, my grandfather, my my mother's father, he was from Calhoun Falls, and he married a woman from Elberton. And my great-grandfather on my father's side, he was from Elberton, and he married a woman from Calhoun Falls and lived in Calhoun Falls for the rest of his life.
0: All right, was there a controversy in your family when he married a woman from Elberton?
1: No, uh, not really. It's sort of like – that's what's kind of interesting. It was almost like it was meant to be. Because, like I said, my great grandfather he come over and he 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 immigrated to South Carolina. Uh, he jumped on a raft, crossed the river. But yeah, like I said, I grew up in Calhoun Falls, and it's probably about on par with the town you grew up in.
0: Um, that's a better name, Calhoun Falls. Yeah,
1: and it's um one of the things that kind of There's been, like, a mystery surrounding, like, where the name comes from. It was founded around, like, 1900. And uh, about 15, 20 miles down the road was this plantation uh, named Millwood. And the guy who owned Millwood was this, uh, his name was Robert Calhoun. And his brother was John C. Calhoun, who was uh, John Quincy Adams' vice president. He was a senator from South Carolina, governor. He did just about everything he could. Uh, in politics in South Carolina and in Washington, except for be president. But anyway, uh, Robert Calhoun one night, supposedly, uh, he was riding his horse uh, drunk. Like 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 all good Southerners, you know, you can't ride unless you got some whiskey in you.
0: I heard that's how Paul Revere got his start.
1: It, it, horse riding ain't fun unless you're fucked up. But um, Robert Calhoun, drunk on his horse one night, supposedly, <laughs> he fell off his horse and the spot where he fell is where they made the town.
0: <laughs> they just built the town
1: around him. Yeah, there's a there's a statue on Main Street. It's like his fossilized body. <laughs> staring up in horror. <laughs> they, I mean, he wasn't dead when he, he didn't die from the fall. They just, a bunch of people rushed in and you know preserved him.
0: Well, it was, yeah, he was probably drunk on moonshine. That'll knock you out for a good month. Yeah. He just came to and suddenly there was a town built around him. They built a tabernacle.
1: But uh went to school there, graduated a couple years ago, and uh, I took like a few jobs like, after high school. And like one of my longest jobs was actually I lived in Elberton for a while. Uh, I worked at a radio station there, was a news reporter. Um, I saw a lot of uh, not crazy stuff, but there were some interesting things I saw. Including an execution, which to I want to put like a little footnote in there, like they do in comic books. To see more on this story, please check Dork Knights. True
0: Believers. True Believers. So let's backpedal a little bit. Mm-hmm. What was school like for you?
1: School was pretty good. Um, I got along with everybody. Like you know, I told you my school, my town was small. There was uh, all right before, like there used to, like the main thing in the town. There was a mill that employed a bunch of people, and the mill closed. But anyway. I'd say my town was about maybe 900 people at the most. And the school was even less. Um I think when I graduated there was maybe 150, 200 students at the school. And that's grades 12 through 7th.
0: So your life was pretty much a Bruce Springsteen song.
1: Yeah, pretty much, you know, it just just substitute Jersey with South Carolina. As many do. Yes. Um but I can't really think of a good counter to uh the Jersey Beach, but... Uh, the banks... There we go, the banks of the savannah.
0: <laughs> the banks of the savannah. Sounds so dramatic.
1: Um, one thing that's kind of interesting about my town is, uh... I, I've always heard this, like, there's... I, I need to look up, like, the census data. But I believe, like, population-wise... Like, uh, demographics white to black. I think the ca- the town was maybe 60% black... Like forty nine percent white and like you know nine percent other or whatever. However you get the math to work.
0: Now that's something that's always fascinated me about where I live
1: mm-hmm.
0: because it's. I'm sure it's the same in places you live. There's this invisible wall of segregation. Yeah. There are black people fucking everywhere <laughs> and yet we act like they don't exist. Yeah. Like they're invisible.
1: <laughs> but as i said i think it was majority black the town was and in school it was even more so because um a lot of the white people they would take their children like children to other schools or um there were a few like private schools in the area that their kids would go to so there were a lot of times in class where i would look up and it would dawn, dawn on me
0: like, holy shit
1: i'm the only white person in this class <laughs>
0: It turned into the bar scene from Animal House.
1: <laughs> yeah, we want to dance with your dates. I'm like, we're in algebra, man. But, uh, no, but like it wasn't like a thing like, oh, my God, you know, I'm going to get mugged and shot. <laughs> All these folks I had grew up with, you know, we'd been in kindergarten together. The One of the guys I remember uh, who played, he was a star quarterback on the team, black guy. <laughs> he gave me my first concussion. <laughs> when we were in when we were in preschool together. He shoved me into a bookcase and I got like a big knot on my head and
0: So that's the origin of all this.
1: You son I'm of a, a
0: bitch. You've just been carrying that grudge for years.
1: Vengeance will be mine, Roundtree. tree. You hear me? I
0: swear an oath against all black men. <laughs> you drink blood for no reason.
1: Well that's you know it's good and iron. That's mainly why.
0: Yeah, I never really had that luxury when I was in school, because like I said, there was just so much invisible segregation. Yeah. Like, it was a big deal if a black student talked to a white student.
1: Well, see, that wasn't really so much a problem uh, with us, like, talking. Like, when you went to lunch, everybody, like, the white people would sit in one place, the black people would sit in another place. It was always, like, it was never done, like, you know, we always just done it to, you know, do it. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, someone said, hey, let's do this. You know, it's just something that they were doing it when you went when you started there at school and you just kept up the practice as it went on.
0: I always ate my lunch alone, so <laughs> the school was racist against me.
1: You poor bastard.
0: Yeah, my experience was the opposite of yours cuz I had very few friends growing up. Like it may be a shock to the listeners, but I'm not the most macho guy in the world. Mhm. Shocking, I know. The town I grew up in was just so aggressively macho. The kids in my class would have fight clubs <laughs> on the playground. Literally fight clubs where they would just beat the shit out of each other.
1: So Mr. Stallone was your mayor. <laughs> uh, you gotta fight him, huh? <laughs> You
0: gotta do what you gotta do.
1: Sir, the mayor's had a stroke, I think. <laughs> no, But... um. But talking about that the segregation at lunch, there was one time in particular, like, like most of my friends were white. Um, but there was this one guy, he hung out with us, he was black. He was cool, you know, we were we got along real well. Um I hadn't talked to him in a couple of years. He moved away like when we were in tenth grade. But um always and he hung out with us all the time. But then at lunchtime he would go sit with the black people. You know, even though he, like I said, he hung out with us before lunch, hung out with us after lunch, you know, even after school. But at that one time, that 40-minute period right there, he would go sit with the black people because we would always joke with him about it. Like, oh, we we know how, it is. we see how it is. We ain't good enough. You didn't got uppity on us. But, yeah, my school, like, eventually, um, like I said, the uh, it was very small. And uh, they ended up closing the school because the enrollment was low and it was... You know, according to the county, it was costing too much money to open it. And this is sort of, like, all right, the thing you need to know about, like, where I grew up is, in the county, there were, it's, Abbeville County is what it's called. And there, you know, there Abbeville is the main town in the county. And there's, like, these smaller towns around it. And my town, Calhoun Falls and Abbeville, they fucking hate each other. It's like a fucking, like, I mean, seriously, they do not get along and so people got so pissed at Abbeville closing our school that they opened it by, you know, they reopened it as a charter school, and they kept it open. And, I mean, it's, I mean, it's scrimping by, on like, shoestrings and, you know, by the skin of his teeth, but it's still going. I mean, that's what impressed me so much. It's like, even if it, like, closes shop at the end of the school year, that's still, like, five years they've been going – Five years as a constant middle finger to Abbeville saying, (laughs) hey, fuck you. You don't think we can do our school right? Fuck you. Uh,
0: That's why I like your town. They'll educate their children out of spite.
1: (laughs) Exactly. I mean, they – I swear, like, if there was – like, if the whole town of Abbeville was dying of thirst, no one from Capitol Falls would piss in their mouth. or they'd piss in their mouth, but not if it saved them.
0: All the kids' diplomas say, suck at Abbeville.
1: Pretty much that's where the my brother, uh he didn't get a chance but um if he'd graduated from there, I'm pretty sure his diploma would have been like the principal, the assistant principal in the school board like, you know, pissing on the uh superintendent of Abbeville County. That'd been like a like a uh, photoshop.
0: They've got it in a mural in front of the
1: school. Pretty much. That's the school motto, fuck you, Abbeville. <laughs> and higher learning or some shit. But yeah, like I said, I lived there. Uh, up until um last year and i moved with my family and so we moved from south carolina back to back to georgia
0: and so what'd your family do you're chased out for a hate crime or something
1: um actually we got evicted from our house that's funny you don't pay the mortgage and you can't live in your house yeah i've noticed that to their credit like they gave us every chance we could but uh you know, in two thousand eleven. They said, Fuck it, we've had enough of your shit. That's what I mean, that's what the uh uh call it called? I said, the Viction notice. Get the fuck out.
0: They had it in a giant scroll. It was it had very flamboyant calligraphy.
1: The um the sheriff's deputy who served us he had to speak in a foreign tongue, like a like era Mathaic or something he had to speak in. But um but yeah, I moved to uh back to Georgia and now I'm living and Lincoln, Well, not in Lincoln, but Lincoln County, Georgia. And that's 30 miles south of where I used to live.
0: So did Abraham Lincoln pass out there or something?
1: No, actually, uh, one man who would not have a, like a county named after him in the south, you know it wouldn't be Abraham Lincoln.
0: Uh,
1: or it would be if it was in, fuck Abraham Lincoln County.
0: It was the place where he was shot.
1: <laughs> but I think... If I'm not mistaken, I think Lincoln County is named after Benjamin Lincoln, the uh, Revolutionary War general. I don't know if he's from Georgia or if they just named it after him. But um, no, unfortunately, he's not named. It's not named after Abraham Lincoln. So that is where I have been since last uh, February. So I, I, I like to say that I live in Georgia, but South Carolina is my home.
0: Yeah. Interesting fact, Matt is on South Carolina time.
1: It's funny. It's not much different from Georgia, but like in Georgia it's 2012, whereas in South Carolina it's 1988.
0: <laughs> I've always thought that you were some kind of time traveler. <laughs> you always had to keep the clock on South Carolina time.
1: Yeah, when I was in high school, we we were rocking hammer pants.
0: You're trying to prevent the Emancipation Proclamation from ever being signed.
1: We're like a racist Doc Brown. <laughs>
0: To be fair, I'm sure Doc Brown was a little racist.
1: We went back in time to Abraham Lincoln's father. You have to do something. What's wrong? Your kid. Your kid <laughs> screws everything up. What? Is he an asshole or something? He frees the
0: slaves. My God. That's we have to stop this. Martha, <laughs> come in here. That's it. I'm pulling out. And of course, it's you know Victorian time, so she has no idea what the fuck they're talking about.
1: Yeah. What is a time machine?
0: What is this intercourse you speaketh of?
1: <laughs> and then we just kill his mother. So, you know, we have to worry about it now.
0: It's witnessed by a young Mary Todd Lincoln and she goes insane at the sight of
1: it. But here's the thing that even though we kill we kill Lincoln's mother, but Lincoln's father gets remarried and that proves to be his real mother. <laughs> so by stopping the future we have inadvertently caused it. No. Rod Sterling comes out of nowhere smoking (laughs) a cigarette. We fuck him up, too. Just out of spite. Just baseball bats. Yeah.
0: Consider for your approval. Oh!
1: Oh, fuck. Ah! Damn it, what did I do? You narrated this shit with a sense of (laughs) irony and moral ambiguity. So, fuck you, Rod Sterling. We're sick of you coming
0: out here casting judgment on all these people.
1: (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, that's... That's my origin story of who I am, where I came from, and why I like fried chicken.
0: (sighs) Who doesn't like fried
1: chicken? I don't know. I mean, seriously, if if you don't like fried chicken, there's something fundamentally wrong with you.
0: That's something that's always fascinated me about racists. I've heard so many times in my life, oh, you know those Nabiscos, they just love their fried chicken. But everybody loves fried chicken.
1: That's Like, you know, the classic, you know, food for Nabisco's is watermelon and fried chicken. Fucking watermelon and fried chicken is delicious.
0: And grape soda. I fucking love
1: grape soda. Oh, jeez, don't even get me started on flavored sodas. (sighs) Fuck juice. I want flavored soda.
0: So since we're on that subject, is there a lot of racism in your family?
1: Not necessarily. Um... Like, not, like, you know, like, outward racism. Like, beating up people of other races, you know?
0: No Klansman-level racism. No,
1: no, although I do have a story about the time my father got in a fight with some black kids at school.
0: you have got to tell that.
1: Okay. This was 1987. So it was 80s racism. 80s racism, the best kind. You know, the racism with skinny ties and rolled-up sleeves.
0: And smug Asian businessmen.
1: And cocaine. Um, but, uh, it was 1987. My father, it was May of 1987. My father was, he was a senior at Calhoun Falls High School. It was annual day, yearbook day, whatever you want to call it. And, um, he was like walking down the hallway. And this guy, this guy knew, he knew him. Like, they had grown, grown up together. They'd played little league baseball together, football together. And this big black guy. They bumped shoulders in the hallway. And this guy gave my father a look. Like, you gonna do something? And my dad was like, yeah, fine. Let's meet me in the bathroom 10 minutes.
0: (laughs) That just sounds like they're trying to hook up.
1: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Either it's gonna be a fight or a blowjob. Anyway, 10 minutes later, they meet in the bathroom. They start fighting. And, you know, of course, it's high school. You know, anytime anyone hears anywhere to fight, people come running. It's like blood in the water with piranhas.
0: And they all start going, fight, 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 fight.
1: Yeah. So this guy, he gets, uh like one of his cousins jumps into the fight. Well, first, before I, before I get to that, let me tell you. My father, when he fights, the times he's fought, he is not what you'd call a guy who follows the rules, like Queensberry rules and stuff. <laughs> he is not above pulling hair. <laughs> uh Because I remember there was one time, now, I was acting like a little shithead. I think I kicked him. One time, I was like 9 or 10, and I kicked him like in the shin or the nuts, like really hard, and it pissed off so bad. He couldn't, he wanted to hit me. I know he did, but he couldn't, so what'd he do? He yanked my hair real hard. He
0: fought dirty with his kid. I know! Even for a southern dad, that's low.
1: <laughs> but he, like I said, he loved to pull hair. He, that was his go-to move, you know. Ali had the rope of dope He had the hair pull. And so, like I said, this is the 80s. The Jerry Curl is prominent. And so, he's getting in this fight with this guy, and, you know, they're going back and forth, and this other, this, his co- this black guy's cousin jumps in. Now he gets a few shots in, and my father, and you know, he goes to a standby, at the hair pull. Cause he's like ripping out like Jerry Curl stuff, left and right, you know. And his hands are all greasy from the Jerry Curl juice. And, um this teacher comes in, And he take, you know, he breaks him up. He pins my father to the bathroom wall. While he's got him pinned to the wall, one of the black guys comes in with a sucker punch and knocks the shit out of him. Punches him in the face, and that's where he lost it. He like he'd already been pissed enough to fight, and this is where like he reached his breaking point. He just starts cursing these guys out, like he. you tell him, hear him tell the story now. Like it wasn't. What really pissed him off was the fact that
0: they secreted juices.
1: No, well he was in this fight by himself, and this black guy jumped in to help his friend. But, like none of my all my my father's friends were watching. You know they didn't do a damn thing to help him, even though he, he was taking on two guys. And the teacher, you know, according to him, you know the teacher stood by and let that guy get in a sucker punch.
0: So I wasn't getting his ass kicked that pissed him off. What pissed him off was teamwork.
1: Yeah, or lack thereof. And so like he's being drugged down this hallway by the teacher. They're going to the office. You know, the guy who other guy was in the fight, he's going calmly. That's how I imagine it anyway. Like, he's never mentioned where this guy went in the story. But I just imagine him like walking calmly down the hallway while my father's flailing wildly, red in the face, you know. He's cussing everybody out, yelling, Nabiscos <laughs> this goddamn school is full of nothing but Nabisco's and Nabisco lovers.
0: So he went Michael Richards on them.
1: <laughs> Each and every one of you are fucking Nabisco's <laughs> and Nabisco lovers. You, this person who
0: looks white, you are secretly a Nabisco.
1: And to give you like an idea of the school, like the school's already small. Um, this bathroom we fought in. I've been, I was in, I went into it many times, uh, going to school, it's maybe 200, 300 yards away from the office, and like I said, small school, um, as he's being dragged, you know, yelling at the top of his lungs, and so he, they finally get to the office, and he sits down, and in the office, there's, um, there's, like, glass windows. Like, you know, you can look out and see everybody. And so he's sitting there, and he turns around and he looks. Every black student <laughs> in the school is watching him, staring at him.
0: And he just says, what is this, a lineup?
1: <laughs> and um, so, like, he goes, you know, he he's in the principal's office, like, two or three hours, I think. And by the time he gets out, um, like, everybody's gone. School was let out, you know. Nobody's there. And he gets expelled.
0: So it's not like he sat him down. It's like, it's about time somebody pointed out that all the students here are Nabisco's.
1: <laughs> but he, he, according to him, he claimed the principal was sympathetic to the plight of uh, Nabisco people. He
0: called him a turncoat. Yeah. It was drink down.
1: <laughs> I will never return to this establishment again. This is a school. You heard <laughs> me.
0: And it's a southern school in the 80s, so they are serving drinks there. <laughs>
1: Um he get, he got expelled. Uh I think more so for um the hate crime than the actual fight. And this is a week before he has to, he's supposed to graduate. So I think two or three days later, he gets word that um a bunch of teachers signed a petition saying that yeah, what he did was wrong, but he should you know, he's done he's passed all this stuff I mean, how hard is it to give him a diploma, and you know they also said that while he um he was involved in the fight, but he didn't throw the first punch, so
0: he clearly has some stunning gaps in his education, but <laughs> none of it's our fault
1: uh as far as like his moral education, you know that's not that's not our territory, we're just a school <laughs> um but yeah, so he got his diploma, and so what twelve. Fourteen months later, I was born. Ta-da!
0: So, he fucked your mom to celebrate, pretty much.
1: Pretty much. Well, he waited till October. (laughs) I've done the math, man. My parents were born in January. I was... I I mean, my parents were married in January. I was born in July.
0: he let it build for a couple of months. Yeah. So, I take it your parents are pretty conservative?
1: Um, no, not really. I mean, like... They're pretty actually liberally li- liberal-minded liberal by a lot of things. Uh, some some things are not like – when it comes like guns and stuff, they're very <laughs> conservative about that. Um, like like abortion and stuff, Like they're very open-minded about that.
0: Yeah, my parents were, by Alabama standards, pretty liberal.
1: <laughs> so by liberal, by Alabama standards, you mean they agreed that black people had souls?
0: <laughs> pretty much. My parents were the two biggest stoners I ever met in my life.
1: Um, my father used to—he was big into that, uh, Spoken the weed. My mother not so much. She, I'm like, she's amazing. Like she used to be a partyer back before I was born. I straightened her life up. Supposedly, <laughs> I think I ruined it, but which is fine with me.
0: You ruined Over her time. party life.
1: Yeah, exactly. I ruined her party and her vagina. <laughs> <laughs> two for one.
0: Well, she probably used her vagina to party, so... Yeah. Yeah, twofer.
1: It, it, it got kind of awkward when she would um, take a bone kit with it. There's probably
0: video of it on YouTube by now.
1: I don't want to search. But yeah, I mean, my parents, like I said, they were pretty open-minded. Like, strangely enough, I know this is called Below the Bible Belt and stuff, but they, they've never been real religious. Like, my mother used to be, like, you know, she... There were certain things, like, you know, she like me and my father would joke about religion and she would kind of don't say that you know you go to hell but like i think like after the shitty last few years we've had she's like fuck it you know (laughs) it's like the story of Job, but instead like she's like fuck you god (laughs) that was like pay me my money bitch (laughs) i won the bet
0: satan's your landlord pretty much well, with my mom, it was the exact opposite. For most of my life, my mom was a stone-cold atheist. Really? Until just recently, and now she's super Christian.
1: She joined the cult, didn't she? <laughs> the cult
0: of Jesus.
1: The Holy Brethren's united to have multiple partners with sex. Cult.
0: Uh, she dresses like a Mormon now. She's got her hair up in a bun. Yeah. She talks she about Heavenly Father.
1: She, she should wear. She should like dress like a Mormon, but like have like a hairstyle of a Hare Krishna. <laughs> just, just combine them all, <laughs> and she wears like a yarmulke on top of the hairy Krishna haircut.
0: There needs to be amalgam religions.
1: That'd be awesome. Like uh, Hindu and uh, Judaism. <laughs> we can't eat the pig, but hey, we can pray to the cow. We're all
0: going to live forever, but life is horrible, so it's not going to yeah. be enjoyable.
1: We'll live forever, but there will be a crippling amount of guilt from our mothers with each <laughs> reincarnation.
0: Now, growing up with like an atheist mother and, a, and two parents who smoked pot constantly, <laughs> I like, – out of rebellion became super conservative. Wow. Like I was very, very Christian whenever I was – pretty much from ages 8 to 15. Like, I swore I was not going to have sex before marriage. Which, uh. Yeah. But everything else, I've changed my opinion <laughs> on.
1: Um, well, no, it's not like you changed it. I mean, you changed it, but it's just like you don't have a way to break your law yet. But, um. <laughs> yeah, I tried religion, like, twice. First, my great grandmother, uh, got me into religion when I was little. Um, now. She. Like my parents, like my mother was Baptist, and my father's family Pentecostal, and Ooh. I know you know a little bit about Pentecostal,
0: I've got relatives who were raised Pentecostal, and I've heard some stories,
1: yes, and of course, Pentecostals are famous for speaking of the tongue, and yeah, um five six years old, sitting on a, in the church on Sunday watching people. Speaking that way, dancing around, it it fucks you up.
0: Especially at that age, because you have no way of knowing it's bullshit.
1: I know. Well, now, see this thing. Now, honestly, my great-grandmother, she spoke in tongues occasionally, and I don't I don't think she would have lied about it. Nah. I think it's more like power of persuasion. You know how, like, yeah. you get a bunch of people in a room together doing something, and you're more likely to do that. I think so, anyway.
0: Yeah, I think they've scientifically proven that yeah. whenever people go into states like that, they're actually – it actually fucks with the speech centers of their brain, and they yeah. really are speaking in their own language.
1: Um, this is a funny story. Uh, one of the guys who I reasoned with the church when I was five, um, he later became a minister, still Pentecostal. But um, many years later, uh, when I was about 20, one of my other great-grandmothers died, and he spoke at her funeral and my great-grandmother she wasn't pentecostal she was like you know just regular baptist and i remember me and my father both almost died laughing because as he was giving the speech he was getting worked up and he let it slip just slightly he spoke in tone for like a fraction of a second and i was like oh no please because my father always told me a story about this guy he went to the church when he was younger like back in the 80s 70s this guy one time, he got so invigorated talking, he jumped up and run out of the church. He didn't come back for like a half hour. <laughs> I just imagine, like, you're walking a dog or something, and all of a sudden this guy comes up. shit on the heels, and I'm like, that would fuck you up so bad.
0: I was just thinking it would be amazing if he went up to speak at the funeral, you know, just perfectly calm, you know organize his notes and then just start speaking in tongues with no emotion <laughs> in his voice. Agnes, dear Agnes, skibly blubber. And let us not forget hibbly Hibberish blah <laughs> blah blah
1: but um um the second time I tried religion was uh when I was about twelve. I went to this church for about three or four years. It was a just a Baptist church, you know. No no speaking in tongues. Instead they tried to drown you. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that kind of ended badly because I kind of got burnt out because
0: they tried to drown you,
1: <laughs> they tried to drown, but no, um, they got so involved like petty fighting and stuff among each other, yeah,' there was one part time I remember It's on like a Wednesday night, there was a bunch of kids there, and this old a uh, soldier guy who'd been to church a bunch of years, him and one of these younger guys they were getting into argument and I swear, I, the older guy threatened to whoop that guy's ass in the church, you know? <laughs>
0: I will call down Jesus, and he will come here and personally kick your ass.
1: I will go biblical on your ass.
0: Some David and Goliath shit right here.
1: <laughs> but yeah, kind of. Like, that's the last time I've really you know, went to church. I quit when I was about 15 or 16. And nah, same here.
0: That there wasn't really a specific moment. Whenever I stopped being a Christian, I just sort of... <laughs> grew out of it
1: well see that's the thing like i never really i don't know i never like when i went to church i never really considered myself a christian like i never like you know got saved or whatever um so you know i just every like every sunday like anyone who wants to come get saved come on down
0: two for one special today <laughs> buy one soul get the other soul
1: free uh, yeah, apparently my uh, my uh one of my preachers was a carnival barker. <laughs> step right up. Step right up for your everlasting soul.
0: The person who got me into Christianity originally was my grandfather, who was a Baptist minister. He came to live with us whenever I was about 12. He was the most fascinating man I've ever met to this day. See, in the 70s, he wasn't exactly on the up and up. Uh, How do I phrase this the right way? My grandfather was a pimp.
1: Seriously? like?
0: Yes, a 70s pimp.
1: He, oh my god, he tricked out hoes.
0: He tricked out hoes.
1: Oh my god, he had a fuzzy hat and a cane. Please tell me that.
0: I don't know if he had a fuzzy hat and a cane when he was pimping, but he did later in life.
1: (laughs) Did he at least drive a Cadillac? He did. All right. That's the thing, though. Like, a Cadillac is like it's a car only for old people and pimps.
0: Or in, both, in his case,
1: both. Yeah, an old pimp. Like, a pimp with Alzheimer's sucks. <laughs> like he's beating his hoe every day. Where's my money? I gave, it to you. I gave it to you yesterday. Where's my money, you bitch? I gave it to you yesterday. You did? Oh, okay. 30 minutes like, where's my money, bitch?
0: <laughs> I'd leave, but I love him so much. And who else is going to give him his medication?
1: But, um, what, like, changed him, I mean, from pimping?
0: The way he always told the story. One day, he woke up in a gutter because he drank so much back then. Mm -hmm. Most of his stories begin with him waking up in a gutter and walking into a bar. (laughs) That's how he found out about Kennedy getting shot. He woke up in a gutter, walked into a bar, and that was on TV.
1: One of my hoes told me. She used to fuck JFK.
0: It's possible. One morning, he woke up in a gutter... Stumbled into a bar, heard somebody talking about Jesus, and that day it just clicked for him. And from that point on, he was super, super Christian and eventually became a minister. Hmm. In addition to being a Christian, he was.
1: Like,
0: I have a lot of issues with Christianity, but that guy was the real deal. Yeah,
1: that's how it was like when I went to. Like, uh, the church that I went to. Like, we had, I think, the years I was there, we had, like, three preachers. And, like, the first one, I really liked him. You know, he's very charismatic, and, you know, he was very, you know, thoughtful behind what he said and stuff. But, like, like the other two guys, I don't know, they just seemed disingenuous.
0: Yeah, I've met a lot of bullshit Christians in my life, but him... And he was intelligent, too, which is what got me. Yeah. Until then, the only Christians I'd seen were people who were very sheep like and didn't think about anything but he, he could have conversations with you about religion and debates. I used to debate him on religion for yeah. hours.
1: Um that's what happened, like my father and um the preacher from my grandfather's church. Like um they were like at my great granddad's house one time because like you know, he was sick. You know like the preacher come see him and my father was there and they were debating about like Islam. And my father was pointing out point by point how like islam and christianity are so similar to each other there's very little that separate both religions you know and the preacher didn't like it because like anytime like later like he was kind of very apprehensive around my father like anytime he tried to bring it up it's like almost like he was expecting him to start you know preaching satanism him just because he tried to have an intelligent discussion with him
0: was preaching the gospel of your nasty brown jesus that's always fascinated me that so many Christians don't want to admit that Islam, Christianity, and Judea are three branches of the same
1: religion. Exactly, it's all the same God, baby. And no matter if you pray to uh, Moses, Muhammad, or Jesus, we all go in the same place, baby. For some reason, I'm turned into Bootsy Collins. Who <laughs> is God in this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be my God, Bootsy Collins is God.
0: Suffer the little children, baby.
1: Thou shalt not have any more guys before me, baby. I's a jealous type, honey.
0: <laughs> the amazing thing about my grandfather was, even after he converted to Christianity, he still kept that pimp swagger. I mean, he, he had,
1: had oh yeah. He That's had nice. his
0: bling, his hat, his cane.
1: How how was he when it came kind of like the collection plate? Uh, you, you need to give me my money.
0: <laughs> I actually never got a chance to see him in church. Uh, Doing his thing. But I'm sure he got his goddamn money.
1: Um, how long ago did he die? Uh,
0: gosh, about seven years ago. I didn't realize that was that long.
1: Wouldn't it be amazing, like, he goes to heaven and Bootsy Collins guy, the pimp guy. He meets (laughs) him finally. Come on in, baby. The water's fine.
0: I've been waiting for you, sweet cheeks.
1: They strut off together across the clouds. (laughs)
0: The amazing thing, of, other amazing thing about him was that he looked disturbingly like Elvis,
1: like which Elvis, like young, like
0: young Elvis.
1: Okay, even when he was an older guy.
0: Well, as he got bigger and older, he looked started looking a little bit like fat Elvis, mm-hmm. but was still in better shape than him.
1: <laughs> well, that's not hard to do. I think like fat Elvis, like sweated bacon at the end there.
0: Yeah, little known fact: fifty percent of the butter that's used today was harvested from fat Elvis when he was alive. <laughs>
1: That's what it was his liposuction. He gave us margarine. Be thankful.
0: God bless Elvis. <laughs> he truly was the king. Uh, and I believe you have a news story for
1: us. Oh me. yes, let's go to the. We need to. We need to think of a name for the segment. Uh,
0: it came from the south.
1: Oh, that's awesome. It came from the south. So, in southern news, this is actually a story we talked about a couple weeks ago when we got on, talked about like like some ideas for doing the podcast.
0: You're ruining the mystique. I can't know the behind the scenes details,
1: yeah, well the truth is we were all brought together by Samuel Jackson to stop a Norse guide. <laughs> that didn't happen, so we said, "Fuck it, let's start a podcast <laughs> um but uh yeah, um, news item this involves my hometown uh there's been some controversy over the past few uh weeks and months involving the police force and a town councilman and What is – it's kind of sprawled. It's like – imagine like a stupid uh, Facebook fight and feud, except these are elected officials going at it. (laughs) And so like what started was there was this – I can't remember. I think he's a lieutenant uh, on the police force, but that's not saying much. like the police force in that town is like six guys.
0: Half of them are volunteers.
1: (laughs) But anyway, this lieutenant on the police force, he – posted on facebook he posted like this picture it's like a sticker a logo or something that says hey if you're being murdered or you know being robbed don't call a crackhead to save you it's just pretty much like him saying hey you know people bitch and complain about police but at the end of the day you know who you gonna call you know
0: wait was that like an actual concern people running to crackheads to save them (laughs) somebody light the crackhead symbol
1: (laughs) it's just a rock (laughs) crackhead man i'm coming baby
0: just, th- just throw a rock in the air and he appears.
1: I've got twenty dollars if you go running that burning building to save him. I'm on it. But um, the one of the town councilmen, he drew a fence to it because he used to be a crackhead. <laughs> he was a drug addict, and like I said he drew a fence to it and he asked the uh, lieutenant to take it down. Lieutenant didn't take it down. And so this kind of was a tension between them that simmered, like especially like at city council meetings and stuff because um, <laughs> the police are there. Like a lot of times, like you know, the, like the times I've been to the meetings, like they're usually there. Every so often, there's a dumbass who gets up and starts some shit. You. <laughs> and another thing, I want the Nabisco side of town sectioned off. I want to build a Nabisco wall, <laughs> sir. We've told you you cannot build a wall using Mexicans as mortar. A man can dream. I want one side painted white and the
0: other side painted black.
1: They said the same thing to the man who designed the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> I am not a lunatic. I am a visionary.
0: I'll have you know that entire bridge is made up of Chinamen.
1: <laughs> um, but uh, like I said, the two guys, they went back and forth. And the police lieutenant in, like confronted him called the guy a coward because he was avoiding him. And I'll let you remind you, look, give you an idea of these two men. The police officer, he is in his like mid to late 30s. Uh, <laughs> white man. He's around my height, about 5'9", five 5'10". Five this city councilman is an elderly black gentleman <laughs> who has one arm. <laughs> so pretty much, this police officer was offended that this elderly one arm man would not face him. A police officer with a gun and mace and pepper spray.
0: You coward! How dare you not respond to my Facebook friend request?
1: You unlike my posts. That's it.
0: I demand that you
1: poke me! (laughs) Um, But after the confrontation, the city councilman went to the mayor, and the mayor suspended the police officer for, I think, two weeks. Um, He suspended him with pay, I think. I, I can't remember. I have to look, I'm going, so everybody knows I'm going to provide links. And then because some of these stories that I've heard and I've read before, you need links.
0: Yeah, we're going to definitely have show notes for this show.
1: Um, after confronting, you know, after being suspended.
0: After he confronted the elderly one-armed ex-drug addict.
1: Yeah, um, he was suspended. And it caused a little controversy. So, fast forward a week or two later. Coincidentally, this city councilman Is pulled over for DUI. (laughs) He's arrested for DUI very suspiciously by the chief of police himself, I believe. (laughs) And he goes to jail, and there's more controversy about what happened. Uh, I'm going to also post a link. There's a news story with a video that has the dashboard cam of the guy (laughs) taking the sobriety test.
0: With one arm.
1: With one arm, yes.
0: Did he try to escape? Because that would be amazing. (laughs) Just an old one-armed man beating him. He's also drunk, so he's staring around.
1: um but the guy he goes to jail he um then I think that was I'm trying to think that was like the end of April, I think uh the story pretty much simmers like you know there's some tensions between them, and update the story that I didn't mention to you was I think like the day after we talked about it the uh the chief of police there resigned because um he had hired some people to work for him and he had hired like two guy. uh he hired one guy without city council approval and they wanted him to fire him and the rumor i heard was that he'd hired a white guy over a black guy shocking and one of the city council one the the lone woman on the city council she didn't like it question yes
0: the guy he hired mm-hmm. did he have both arms
1: <laughs> i believe he was a fully functioning Mobular person
0: That's very suspicious
1: But um They wanted him apparently Supposedly they wanted him like he had two candidates uh, A white guy and a black guy He hired the white guy over the black guy And she supposedly didn't like it So she went about like you know Wanting him to hire the black guy And he's like fuck it I resign And he resigned He's been oh he's been Chief of police for Six seven years now Ever since the last chief of police quit because he molested an elderly woman. I have no
0: response to that.
1: Like, no one believed her because, I mean, she wasn't like, you know, like everybody, most people laughed it off <laughs> until the chief of police failed his polygraph test. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And he pr- promptly resigned like a week after, like two days after that.
0: Did he say it was for unrelated reasons? Because they always do.
1: Oh no, he says for molesting reasons. <laughs> he had to he had to stop his uh, policing career to focus on his molesting duties.
0: He writes a book.
1: The art of molesting. But um, yeah, that's just a taste, a little taste of some of the shit that I've encountered in my town. It gets worse. There's been like a guy who threatened to. Uh, Kicked the ass of the mayor one time. (laughs) Again, you. (laughs) Of course me. Um, And then there was a time that uh, someone tried to kill the mayor because he fooled with uh, somebody's wife. (laughs) It's almost surreal, some of the shit.
0: The South is an amazing place.
1: It's like uh, Mad Max, but with less leather and more camouflage.
0: And more incest. I mean, it's like living in Twin Peaks every day. I mean, there is a one-armed drug addict. (laughs) Question, whenever they took him off drugs, did he tell Kyle McLaughlin who killed Laura Palmer?
1: Uh, I do not think so, but there was a midget in the room talking backwards. Well,
0: that's just moonshine. Uh, My favorite part about these stories is that they always seem to involve city councilmen, my favorite kind of politician.
1: Yeah, and you kind of had a theory about that.
0: Yeah, not only can you be a convicted felon and still run for city council – but it's required now.
1: <laughs> That's what I was going to tell you. Um, the There's been a history of, like, the city councilman in my hometown. Like, uh, the mayor was a philanderer. Uh, one of the city councilmans was a former drug addict with one arm, him. Then the, <laughs> there was a city councilman before him, Mayor Pro Tem. He was, A, a former crackhead, and, B, arrested for fooling with a student while he was a janitor at the high school.
0: <laughs> so he was... A drug-addicted janitor who later ran for city council.
1: Pretty much. Um,
0: This is why I wish that city councilmen could have campaign commercials. They would be amazing. (laughs) Just a one-armed elderly black man in a suit talking about how his long struggle with crack has prepared him (laughs) for working on the city council. (laughs) When I was a crack addict, I sucked many a cock. (laughs) So I know how to get shit done.
1: Yeah, I'm practicing the art of politics. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to negotiate to get two rocks for the price of one?
0: I mean, you gotta work the balls. You have to touch the taint.
1: You gotta, you gotta get some tongue action on the shaft. I mean, it's not it's not just sticking in your mouth and done with it. There's, actual, there's a technique to it. And I promise you, I will use this technique to help better the city.
0: Albert McDougal, he'll work the taint.
1: He's willing to catch the city's load. <laughs> and he swallows.
0: <sighs> so that's all you got for this week, Matt?
1: Um, yeah, that's pretty much uh, for now. I think I would I would say that that's, that's good enough, maybe. I mean,
0: we can't top one-armed, crack-addicted Facebook drama.
1: Nah, even if we wanted to, we couldn't.
0: Wait, there's one thing I forgot to ask. Mm -hmm. Does the one-armed man have a Facebook account?
1: (laughs) He has to, I would say, for him to get offended at that post.
0: (laughs) By the way, I don't want to learn his name. I'm just going to keep referring to him as Councilman One-Armed Man.
1: (laughs) That's what I was going to say. I think it might be best with some of these folks to, if I have to use a name, use an alias. (laughs) But uh, I guess, though, it won't make sense if I post a news article where they use their names. (laughs) True. Fuck it.
0: I want to start, if he does have a Facebook page, I want to start one for Harrison Ford and just start leaving threatening messages. (laughs) (laughs) I start running against him in the next election. (laughs) Can you really
1: trust the one-armed man? Don't vote for him. He killed my wife. Tommy
0: Lee Jones comes out and says, I don't care.
1: Who'd you vote for? I don't care.
0: (laughs) I guess that'll be all for this one.
1: I think, I think we bullshit enough.
0: So you want to do this again next month? Yeah. Good for me.
1: You can't remember the outro, can you? <laughs> All right.
0: Until the south rises again, I am James. I'm Matt. And you've just been below the Bible bill.
1: What does that even mean? Can you, like, what's your listener discretion? Like, you can watch it and listen to it, but you have to be discreet about it? I've never understood that term.
0: Uh, you have to do it in a closet.
1: You have to hide, have a blanket over your head while you watch and listen. What happens if you, like, violate it? Like, you know, hey, everybody, I'm watching The Walking Dead. <laughs> the AMC police knock down your door. We'll be <laughs> taking that. They take your TV. It's led by John Ham. <laughs> Sorry, brother he throws a glass of scotch in your face